and we are glad that you're here. Pastor David is uh, on his uh, third week of sabbatical and uh, enjoying the book of Revelation, enjoying his family and time uh, with them of refreshing. So continue praying for Pastor David. Uh, we're continuing our study in the uh, book of Galatians. Uh, today we're going to be talking about bearing one another's burdens and as we do that, we fulfill God's plan. We fulfill God's law. We forget, fulfill God's purpose. Because you know what? He left you here, or He left us here. He has us here to minister to others. So before we get into the passage, I want to talk about it. We'll go ahead and look back into chapter 5 for just, just one verse. Because we didn't talk much about that last week. But it said, let us not... Uh, become conceited or provoking one another or envying one another. So it, that verse talks about one another. The scripture is going to talk about it, and it talks about one another quite often. Uh, but uh, John R. Stott, uh, a, com- a, uh, a great commentator, said uh, that this is a verb, it's a New Testament, it's a challenge, it's one who is challenging somebody to a contest, or provoking one is to challenge them in their beliefs, and sometimes if we're not careful, and that's what it's saying, is not challenging somebody, uh, we challenge people to get better at it, but we don't challenge people uh, to prove that we're smarter, or we know about the Scripture. I don't get into too many challenges with Dr. David Holt about the theological Scripture, because he's pretty well versed in that. But it, 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 that's what happens if we're not careful. We challenge, we provoke others to do something. We provoke others to... And then we envy somebody, maybe because somebody is more gifted than we are. You know what? God has gifted us and God has challenged us. I was sitting here thinking of Lucius as he was sitting there playing that keyboard. He's usually standing back playing the, the guitar or doing something different. And I said, you know, he's truly blessed. I see Brian up here playing and singing. I always wanted to, I always wanted to sing and I always wanted to play the guitar. I was cut out to be a singer, but I just wasn't sewed up right. That was the problem. Uh, and I hadn't uh, figured that out. Uh, but I love singing by somebody that knows how to sing. I'd like to stand next to Dustin, and I could sing because I could carry his note with mine. But I, I don't want to envy him because he's more gifted than I am about something else or somebody who's more gifted, uh, a speaker or something of that nature. Man, we can look around the world. There are some tremendously gifted speakers around the world, but thank God that he called me many years ago into the ministry to, to proclaim his word, and I love that opportunity. I pastored for over 17 years prior to coming here uh, to Living Hope about 10 years, a little over 10 years ago now, and uh, God gave me some wonderful opportunities to, to do that, and I am so thankful for that. But as we come to this passage of Scripture talking about us bearing one another's burdens. We're not going to be envious of others. We're not going to be jealous. What that's telling us, and I really got this when Dustin and I were meeting this week, kind of looking over the service. Uh, verse 26, it tells us, don't be selfish. 
Don't be selfish. You know what we've got? You know what we live in? We live in a self, selfish society. But that verse, number 26, is saying, don't be selfish. But then in verse number 1 here, it said, but help others. We're not to be selfish, but we're to help others. So let's find ourselves here in chapter 6. And let's, uh, let's stand in honor and reverence to the reading of God's infallible, inerrant word. And it's speaking to the church because he says, Brethren, or brothers, I'm reading from the New King James, if a man be overtaken in any trespass, you who are spiritual restore such a one in the spirit of gentleness. Consider yourself, lest uh, you also be tempted. Bear one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. For if anyone think of himself to be something when he is nothing, he deceives his own self. You know what it's saying? He's not deceiving anybody else. He's just deceiving himself. You know, when we, we think we're, we know everything and we're talking like we know everything, most of the people around us are going, you know, he really don't know what he's talking about. He really don't know what's going on. So we're just deceiving our own selves because we're not really deceiving those around us, especially if you, you're hanging around with somebody who's knowledgeable of the Word or knowledgeable of whatever we're talking about. It could be anything that we deal with or anything we work with. But let each, in verse number four, but let each one examine his work, own work, and then when um, he will rejoice in himself alone, not uh, with another. Each one shall bear his own load. Let him who is taught the word share in the good things with him who teaches. And let's move over to verse number 10. I love this verse of scripture in verse 10. He said, therefore, says, therefore, as you have opportunity, uh, let us do good to all, especially of those of the household of faith. Let's pray together. Dear Heavenly Father, God, we rejoice in you. We thank you that we can come before your throne and we can come boldly and we can ask you to remove my stammering tongue and fill me for the task that is at hand. Oh, Lord, uh, to do the impossible, to do beyond what this flesh alone is able to do. Lord, let me preach today as a dying man to dying people. And let us understand that, that we need hope, and we need hope in one another. We do not stand alone, but we stand in you and we gather those around us, and we help those around us for your glory, your power, and your praise. Lord, we ask this in the wonderful and the magnificent name of Jesus, we do pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. As we come to this, um, General Booth uh, is the uh, General William Booth. He's the founder of the Salvation Army, a tremendous ministry, and they still have the bell ringers. Uh, at the stores, uh, he w there was an international conference that was going on, and uh, General Booth always did the main talk, always did the main speech at 
at that conference because of one year when he was older, uh, he, he was not in good health and he was going to uh, have to miss that. They said, write down uh, something for us to share with the group. Thousands of people uh, at this uh, conference, thousands of people there. Uh, and they come up and they hold up his piece of paper. And I should have a piece of paper. They held up his piece of paper. They came and they sat down. And they're uh, going to read this wonderful speech that he has for these thousands of people that have gathered to change the world. And as they opened up the letter, there was one word there in the middle of that letter. And it said, others. That it's not of a, it doesn't say anything else. That's all it said was others. And I'm sure people are scratching their head like some of you are scratching your head right now. It's not about you. It's not about General William Booth. It's not about him, but it's about others. That's what our ministry is about. That's what our life is about. And if we could understand that, it's about others. And throughout the Scripture, the Bible talks about one another. Look at a few places as we think about it. The Bible tells us to pray one for another in the book of James. It tells us to edify, that means to lift up one another in 1 Thessalonians 5.11. And then it says to prefer one another in Romans 12.10. And it used hospitality one to another. We'll come back to this verse in 1 Peter 4.9. But use hospitality one to another. So it's almost a common phrase throughout the scripture that's, that's woven through the passages of time, the passages of scripture, that it's about somebody else. Somebody came in the church today and said, boy, I hope they bless me. I hope that worship team really gets me excited and blesses me. And, and, and we want to gather something we come in to get when we really ought to come in to give. We ought to come in and say, what do I have to offer? What do I have to minister to others? So as we think about that, we can find hope. He tells us in verse number 2, and we're not quite there yet, but it said, one, uh, bear one another's burden. So constantly, one another, one another in the Scriptures. So the first point here is in verse number 1, is to lift up one another. Lift somebody up. The, the, the passage entails, the word picture here means to literally stoop down to get somebody up. That somebody has fallen. It's literally to stoop. It's not to stand over. You know what? If we're not careful, when a brother falls, we stand and point. We might stand and point and laugh. We might stand and point and do something else. But the scripture and what God's word tells us to do, it says to stoop down and help. We need to understand that we have hope and we lift up those. We lift up one another. We take care of the family. I'm going to echo this. This is the year of the family, the church and the home. You know what? Family takes care of family. You know, me and my brother, 
We could fight, and maybe we could be beating each other up, but somebody else come along and hit my brother, I'm in the fight to fight for my brother. So we take care of the family. We take care same same way with my uh, we were 13 months apart, so we were the same size. I finally kind of outgrew him in height. Now he outgrew me. He weighs a little more, but we, uh, we take care. That's irrelevant, right? That's one of those things that somebody prayed that I wouldn't say. <laughs> oh, but we, when it comes to somebody messing with the family, we need to stand up. We need to rise up. The Bible, we have it on our screen here in verse number 5, uh, chapter 5, uh, verse 15. Let's see that. But if we, you bite or devour one another, beware lest you be consumed one of another. So if you be consumed one another, you'll be consumed of each other. As we think of this, I think of, uh, one of our elders, David Russell, um, sent me a little video clip uh, of the Remnant Radio and some people that were talking, they were interviewing this lady, I think her name's Heidi, uh, if I'm not mistaken, and Heidi, and at the end of that interview, she was telling a story of some tribal people that had came to faith in Christ, that these tribal people had came to faith in Christ, and, and, and they're, they're in the, the room, and they're talking, and uh, they're kind of sharing their testimony, and one of them says, well, we're going to quit eating our family. And then another one said, we're going to quit eating our families. They were literally cannibals, and they were literally, kind of turns your stomach just a little bit, doesn't it? The picture just kind of makes you sick to your stomach. But if we're not careful in the church, we are cannibals and we eat those who are wounded, those who are weaker, those who are less important than we think. We devour them with our mouths and with our words and with our actions when we ought to be lifting them up. We ought to be holding them. We ought to edify one another, lift one another up for the power and the Spirit of God living through us because we're here for others i'm not up here for myself today man i'm so thankful for this opportunity but i'm not here for myself i'm here to try to help others and in essence i help myself because i i always preach to myself but we uplift lift up the fallen those who are down those who are hurting those who are in need the, the picture that you get in this is someone, one translation, and some of you have that translation, has if a, a, a brother is caught. But I go back to the Greek, and it doesn't talk about one caught. It means that one, uh, literally one's caught up. As they're going through life, a snare comes or something, a temptation or something comes alongside, and they fall. And they fall. That's the danger of it, it is not somebody who was out looking for something, but it was somebody who literally, the, the picture is almost you're on a slippery slope. We've had some cold days. We've got a cold day uh, today. 
And guess what? Somewhere there's some black ice. Somewhere there's some ice that if you're not careful, if water somewhere, it's going to be ice. And it's that you're walking along and everything is good and the ground looks okay. But all of a sudden, you slip and fall. That's the picture. That we're carrying out our life. We're walking in our life. We're doing our thing. And then something happens and we make a mistake. I think I may have asked the same question last week. How many of us have messed up? And if I ask you to raise your hand, some of you might not, and that would be a mistake because you have. <laughs> that would be your mess up. Uh, but... We know we've all messed up. It's talking about one another. So it lets us know that we lift up the fallen. We want to help those who have fallen. The whole atmosphere of this word is to help in the stress and not in the punishment. It's God that's going to take care of all of that. We just need to bring them back to a right relationship with God. We need to bring them back to, uh, to a place of hope and a place of strength and help them and not push them down. Now, I think of different things that sometimes people are just teaching or preaching some heresy and they need to be corrected and it needs to be brought out. But if somebody has just fallen and messed up, they need us to come along and help those who are fallen. You who are spiritual, restore with gentleness. Did you that are spiritual, not that we have to think of ourselves as spiritual, but God has allowed us to, to grow in the grace and the knowledge of the Lord. So we uh, today we're walking with the Lord. We need to help somebody because there may be an opportunity, there may be a time for them to help us. And we'll look at that in this passage. The, the next point will cover that. But let's look at verse number one in the uh, New Living Translation. I like this translation. It should be up there. You are our spiritual restore with gentleness you know what we talked about last week we talked about the fruits of the spirit it's not there is it i don't have it on my notes it's on there sorry about that but the the thought i wanted us to understand and i want us to get is we do that with the fruits of the spirit because last week one of the fruits of the spirit was gentleness so you restore, you allow the fruit of the Spirit to live out of you, and you help somebody with gentleness. And we talked a lot about that last week. I'm just going to read this verse out of the New Living Translation. It says, Dear brothers and sisters, if another brother uh, or if another believer is overcome by some sin, we're all going to be overcome somewhere in life by some sin. You who are godly should gently and humbly help that person back on the right path. I kind of like that translation because it, it kind of puts it in our layman's terms that we help them right back on the path. That's, what living, I, that's one thing I love about Living Hope Church. 
We don't take people out back and shoot them. Man, I've pastored that church. I've pastored that church that took people out and just crucified them. But thank God for living hope that you are a people that is compassionate and you do it with gentleness and you want to help somebody and you want to lift somebody up. You want to do that. So you who are spiritual, restore those who have fallen. Not that one day they weren't as spiritual, but they just need you today. There are times that we get into a place that we need somebody to come alongside us and to help us and to aid us in this. But in essence, be careful. Be careful that you don't stumble. Be careful. That, look, look what the latter part of that verse tells us. It said, be care. It said consider yourself lest you also be tempted. You know one thing I found? Dustin, he's my guy. Dustin, come here. You, you have fallen. You're right there. You have fallen. You don't have to lay down. But let me tell you one thing. Hold my hand. It, it's much easier. Now, I can pull him up here without any problem. But it's much easier for him to pull me down than me to pull him up. Because he has a more leverage. So we have to be careful that the person we're trying to help don't bring us down. Don't bring us into their sin. Don't bring us into their situation. We who are spiritual restore this one to a right relationship with God. And we bring them to the right path and where they need to be. But be careful that they don't drag us down. Thank you, my good brother. So we need to be careful in our walk. We need to be careful in our, in our help to be gentle. Do it with gentleness and understanding that it is so much easier for somebody maybe to pull us down than to pull us out. I found, I found in my early years of Christianity, when I first got saved, I was going to be my friend's designated driver. I was going to take them to the same parties that I went to before. I was going to take them to the same places that I did before. And I found out real quick that was not where I needed to be. I was not strong enough to be there. I was not strong enough to take them to those places. Now today, I would not have a problem helping a brother if they're having a drinking problem. I'm not going to take them to that party, though. But, but I, I thought, I'm going to help them. I'm going to instruct them. But I found out that that was not where I needed to be. But thank God, many years later, I can help somebody out of that and not be tempted in that way. Not, be, not have that struggle that I have. Now, let me tell you something. You ever think you've overcome something? Be careful. Satan is a good fisherman. And what he does is he changes lures. Like a good fisherman, if he's not catching something with this lure, he goes to his tackle box. <laughs> you know what? They forgot I had this in my pack. 
from their past. I forgot, they forgot that I've got this. And then they bring something out and they put it on. Satan does and he throws it and we go, whoa, I didn't see that. I didn't see that coming. So be careful that you don't be drawn away. But he tells us there in verse number 2, it says, Bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. Carry the burdens of another. To bear means literally, figuratively, to uh, carry or to take up. To take up somebody's need. To bear one another. You know what that lets us know? That we all have burdens, right? One another. Bear one another's burdens to fulfill God's plan. Because we all have our burdens. Now, there are some burdens, and we'll see in this passage, there are burdens that we have to carry alone. But Jesus gave us some promises to that, and we'll see that. But when somebody is burdened, and when somebody is down... We need to be aware of that. We need to allow the power and the Spirit of God to help us to see that. Give us those spiritual eyes to see the need of our brother, to see the need of our sister, and, and help them up, to carry them, to lift them up. This verse is on the PowerPoint in Matthew 20, uh, 28. It says, Even as the Son of Man came not to, uh, to be served, but to serve and give his life as a ransom for many. That gives us the greatest example. You know what? If anybody was going to come and expect something from anybody, it would have been Jesus, right? Because he deserves everything, right? He deserves everything. And in our mind, if we're not careful, we deserve something. I always say, and I've got a few people that disagree with me. I robbed this phrase from Dave Ramsey. But I got it better than I deserve. Life is better than I deserve. Because literally, I deserve hell. I deserve the punishment. But I got heaven. And I got life. And I got it more abundantly. Do I deserve that? No. But by the merit of Jesus Christ on the cross, I have that. But if the Son of Man came not to be served, then why in the world do we think everybody ought to serve us? Why would our nation think everybody ought to serve them? We need, to, we need to let some people know that the truth of God's Word is not old-fashioned, but it's eternal. Do you understand that? Somebody said, oh, that's an old-fashioned old old history book. No, that's an eternal Word of God that'll set you free, that'll give you life, it'll give you freedom, it'll give you hope. It'll give you assurance. And Pastor David and I were talking the other day, and he was, he's studying Revelations, and, and he's thinking about it. And I, I said, you know, once you get to the end, we, we still win. We still win. As you're looking at all that happens, and you get to the last of the book, the victor is Jesus, and we win because we're on his side. So as we bear one another we lift one another we carry one another's burdens john tells us in john 13 a new commandment i give unto you 
that you love one another just as I have loved you, also are to love one another, another one another, right? Love one another. But you just don't know them. Yeah, but Jesus does. They're just hard to love. Well, you might not love their sin, you might not love their actions, but the Bible tells us that we love them, right? We love them in spite of what is agape love? It's loving those who are unlovable, loving those who do not deserve it, do not merit it, do not even want it. The world don't want us to to come out and to tell them about the love of Jesus. They don't want it, but they need it, and they, they need it anyway. And that's what agape does, to love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciple. You want to be identified with Christ? Just love those who don't love you. Love those who hate you. Love your enemies. If you have love for one another, people will know. You're a disciple of Christ. What makes you different? What makes you different? What makes us as believers different? Because we're not out to get something, we're out to give something. We're never more like Jesus than when we're giving. Because he gave all. He gave all for us, and we can rejoice in that. It implies that we all carry those burdens. The psalmist said in Psalms 55, 22, Cast your burdens on the Lord, and he will sustain you. He shall never permit the righteous to be moved. He wants us established. We talked about that a couple of weeks ago. We're settled, and we're set, and we're going to run and to do and to bring glory to the Lord. Another one of those one another's that I spoke of was 1 Peter 4, 9 and 10 that I spoke about a, a few moments ago. Be hospitable. Be hospitable one to another without grumbling. Man, I'll help you, but good night, I'm not going to enjoy it. I'll help you, but gosh, this is out of my, you're out, I, I, it's out of, you know, I'm busy, but I'll help you. So it says do it without grumbling. You know what, people, people know if you're helping them and you're mad. People know if you're helping them and you're not happy to be there. You know, the one good thing about some of the wonderful people here, we, we, I've been with some of you to help people do things that were not real easy and were not, but we just have a good time. We may hurt, our backs may hurt the next day or the next week, the whole week, but but we have a good time in the process. And if we'll understand that, that we're just here for a little time, so let's do what we can. Let's do what we can. So without grumbling. And verse number ten. This is First Peter four ten. It says, "And each one has received a gift. Minister, minister it to one another." as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. Just being good stewards of the grace. Good stewards. Tell you what, I've got some great guys. I, 
I'm taking down chicken houses. And, and you know, when, if you can get some guys to show up and stomp around in some nasty mud and take trusses off of a chicken house, they must love the Lord. <laughs> they must love the Lord. And they came along and they did that and uh, almost got, they got sick in the process. But they did that. And they offered to do that again. You know what? That, that's just dispensing the manifold grace of God that's been given to us. Let's do that. Let's dispense that grace and allow God to work in and through our lives, fulfilling God's plan. So if we do this, so you'll fulfill the law of God. Fulfilling means to complete. But Jesus already completed. It means to complete. It implies to occupy or to supply a need. It's to supply something that needs to be accomplished to fulfill or accomplish a task that brings glory and honor to God. So that's what that, that's what that tells us. Fulfill the law of God. And then we can grow in the grace. Cast all your cares on him for he cares for us. Jesus cares. And Jesus wants us to work in and through our lives. He wants to work in and through. Let's turn to the book of Philippians. Philippians one of my favorite books. We went there last week. Philippians chapter 2 and verse number 3. It says, let nothing, two, three, let nothing be done through strife or se- nothing through selfish ambitions or conceit, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than themselves. Let each of you look not to your, yourself only, for your own interests, but also for the interests of others. Don't look at your own interests. Yeah, I've got interests. I've got things I like to do. I've got things I don't like to do. And, uh, but sometimes we do those things that we don't like to do to help somebody that may have fallen, somebody who's bearing a heavy burden, somebody who is, is in need. We're here to help others fulfill God's plan. So examine your motives. The next point there is to examine yourself. Because that's what the Scripture tells us in verse uh, 3, back in uh, Galatians. It says, For everyone thinketh himself to be something, when he is nothing, he deceives himself. So examine yourself, examine your heart, and find out what the motives are behind it. Find out what the motives are if we get, we're doing something to get some. Now, I'll tell you what. I guarantee you the rich uncle gets a lot of help that, he don't, that you don't want to do. Maybe we'll get something in the week. Maybe we do things, if we're not careful, we do things to get things back. Man, I love those guys who will come and do something. 
and you offer them something. No, 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 I just wanted to do this. I just want to do this. So examine yourself. Examine why you're doing what you're doing. Examine that. Romans 12, Romans 12, 3, you can turn there. Romans 12, 3, it says, For I say, I hear some pages rustling. I hear some computer, some phones buzzing. Romans 12, 3, in the new King James. For I say, for the grace given to me, to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think. Now, we've arrived, haven't we? You ever thought you've arrived? Just when I got out of the car outside, I arrived here. But to think soberly or clearly, as God has dealt each one his measure of faith. So God has dealt you with what you've got. So do, don't complain about what you got. Man, I tell you, my, first, my early years of walking with the Lord, I had a lot of complaints. Because somebody else was more gifted, this person was more gifted, but thank God that I realized that he made me who I am to be me, not to be somebody else. He wants you to be you wherever you are. Verse number 4 says, And as we having many members in one body, but all members do not have the same function. And not every member does the same thing. And we might get jealous because I'm not up here with Dustin singing. I don't. Not that I wouldn't like to. But y'all don't want me to. Y'all want to? I want y'all to come back. Or with Brian singing or Madeline singing or whatever. I thank God that he's gifted some people to sing. Others he hasn't. So if you, can, if you can learn that, you can help us a whole lot of misery. If you learn that God didn't call you to sing, you can save us a whole lot of misery. Y'all got that, didn't you? So we, being many, are one body in Christ and individual members one of another. So you who are, you are who you are, if everybody came in and said, I'm, I'm going to be the senior pastor, I'm going to take Pastor David's position, and we'd have a mess going on, wouldn't we? If everybody, if all of y'all said, hey, we're going to be back there in the sound, but there's not room for you. They could use you back there on one Sunday, but everybody can't come and do that. Everybody can't do certain things but everybody can do something. That's what we need to understand, that, that we're here to fulfill and to help others, not that what we can get out of it. Not that I can sit here and just glean and just get and get. Then we become, as uh, Amy Grant used to sing, we become an old song, I'm dating myself, we become fat Christians. Because not physically, but we just keep taking in, taking in. We go to this class, somebody teaches us. We go here with teachers. We listen to the preacher preaching, and we never give out. We become stagnant. We become unhealthy because a, 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 
a pond or a sea that is not flowing, the stink gets stagnant. But a river that's flowing, a pond that's flowing out in and out one way, it's clear and it's crystal and many can come and drink out of it. And that's what you need to be. You need to be a flowing river giving out. We are blessed for what purpose? To be a blessing. We are blessed to be a blessing. You are blessed to be a blessing of the Lord. So examine yourself and find out and see what God's plan and God's purpose is for your life. As he wants to work in and through you. Do good one to another for the glory of God. Examine yourself. Bear your own responsibility. This is on the PowerPoint. Bearing your own responsibility. I know it's there. I know it's coming. I'm going to read it. I'm reading this out of the Amplified Version. It says, for ev- there it is, for every person will have to bear with patience his own burden or a fault or shortcomings for which, uh, you can read that better than I can. You have responsibility. You alone have a responsibility. It's, it's your responsibility trying to read it from the back instead of here. But as you read that verse of Scripture, I want you to understand. We, with patience, with gentleness, with the fruits of the Spirit, we want to help one another. We have a responsibility to carry out and to do God's plan. So it kind of brings us to the latter part of this last point, or the first part of this last point. Do good to one another. I think you you might get that point. You know what? The Scripture so many times is uh, repetitious. You know why? Because it takes us a few times to get it, right? Because sometimes we're a little slow. Literally, it takes me about three or four times to really get something to be transferable. Sometimes it takes me ten. I'm a little slower than most. But I hope we get the point that we as the believers have a responsibility. We as believers have a responsibility to help others, to do good to one another. Take care of the family. Take care of your family. We minister. Uh, we minister to one another for God's glory. Minister to the minister. Now you have to read this one in the Amplified Version. Minister to the minister. I'm going I'm to quote a verse of scripture. It said, do good to those are, are, um, they're worthy of a double portion, those who minister to the word. It said, they deserve a greater portion because they minister to the word. So this, I, I thought was a good, uh, this is the amplified version. The one who is taught the word of God is to share all good things with his teacher. 
contributing to his spiritual and mental support. You know what Pastor David needs? You know what Pastor David needs every now and then? When, when a message challenges your heart, he needs a text or he needs an email or he needs a word of encouragement for you to say, hey, man, that spoke to me today. And you know what that does? That ministers to your minister. And it does good, not that we deserve or merit a, a pat on the back or anything of that nature as we minister, but the Scripture said those who minister to you, you need to minister back to them. Because guess what? If we're not careful, and I've seen it in churches, and I've probably done it as a pastor before, that we give and we give and we give and we give, and we're trying to take in in our quiet time, we're trying to take in in our prayer time, we're trying... And if we're not careful, I'm so thankful for living hope with a sabbatical that Pastor David can take this period of time away of refreshing. Because if you're over in the children's department, every service, giving, 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 Kathy will not let you do that. She will not. Because she knows you need to be in here taking in. Because you can't just keep ministering. So if somebody's ministering to your youth, William, somebody's ministering to your youth or to your college, then minister to them because he needs encouragement. Kathy needs encouragement about the children's ministry. Pastor David needs encouragement. Dustin needs encouragement because he ministers to us through worship, this worship team. Let them know how much you love them leading you to the throne of God through song. Leading them through that for God's glory. So minister to the to your minister. Take every opportunity to do good. Verse number ten. Therefore, as you have, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all men. I was listening to somebody this week on this. On this one little, he did like a five-minute little clip on this one passage of Scripture. And it said, you know what we do a lot of times? We do good to lost people so we might win them to Jesus. And we don't treat our Christian brothers and sisters, right, because they're already one. We can't offend them to hell. We can just make them mad. But guess what? We want to do good to this person because they don't know Jesus. And the, the passage says, do good to all men, all people. But then it says, especially those of the household of faith. Especially those who stand in need, or who serve alongside you, or walk in the door, and maybe they've had, we've had, we have had a death in the church. We've had a couple of church members in the hospital over the last couple of weeks. We've had a few things like that. I mean, they need ministering to. Some of you have already signed up to take some meals to, uh, to some of the families. You're trying to do good to those, especially those of the household of faith. So we need to remember, do good to all men, but especially the family. Jesus said in Matthew uh, 5, 16, in the same way, let your light so shine before others that they may see your good works and glorify our Father which is in heaven. You're not doing it for a pat on the back. You're doing it so people see Jesus. 
You're doing it so somebody sees you. Take care of the family. Let's do a quick review over these uh, main points. Lift up one another. The thing is to, to bend down and help somebody up. Because we, we, too, might be there one day. We need to bend down and lift them up and help them out of that and put them to a safe place. Get them into a safe opportunity. Bear one another's burdens. When you bear one another's burdens, you're fulfilling God's plan. God's got a plan for your life. Allow that plan to be fulfilled in you. Examine yourselves. We need to check our motives sometimes. I think I have that in my notes, and I didn't read it. Yeah, Psalms 139 says, Search me, O Lord, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts, and see if there be any wicked way in me, and lead me in the path of everlasting. The pathway of everlasting. Examine yourself. Allow God to examine your heart. And then do good to everybody. Especially those of the household of faith. A brother or sister falls, don't criticize, encourage. Lift up. Let let God use you as a vessel of restoration. That's what we are. We're vessels of restoration. Let's bow our heads right now as the worship team comes. We have a banner on the, the side over here next to the a mission wall and our, uh, that is about the family. And over here is the wall of compassion. We need to minister to the family, and we need compassion for lost souls. God, search us, O oh God, and try. Lord, see what the need is in each heart and each life. Let us right now, in this time of refreshing, time of surrender, let, it, let us examine ourselves and find out why we don't have compassion or find out why we do have compassion and maybe it's the wrong motive. Let us do right now in this time of prayer that we'll be glad, whatever we do, let us, we'll be glad we've done it when we stand in your presence on that great and that glorious day. In the powerful and the wonderful name of Jesus, we do pray. Amen. Let's stand together. If you're here today and you've never trusted Christ as your Savior, we've got somebody who wants to pray with you and show you how you can trust him as your Savior today. Pray with, for the family there. Pray for the, the wall of compassion, not necessarily just the people there, but yourself and those around you. Let's do that. God bless you.